Hi, friends. Welcome to our podcast, Happily Together. We're your hosts. I'm Kara. And I'm Caleb. And can we just say that we are so glad you are here. Oh, it's a good day to be alive. I count my blessings and keep them all at my side. There ain't Kara. Caleb. We just went to church. We really did, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Wow, 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 wow. How are you I feel feeling? like I'm still gathering my thoughts, mm. but overall, that was just a beautiful conversation that we just had with Trace Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, if you run in kind of the evangelical or post-evangelical culture, Bell might sound familiar. Um, Rob Bell is Trace's dad. Is Trace's dad, mm-hmm. and um, we just sat down and had a had a conversation with Trace about all things spirituality, and really, he gave kind of a I think his overall message was uh, it was a deeper understanding of how we can talk to our daughter Uh about God, about spirituality. Yeah. I feel like the conversation also, one of the things he said, he said, you know, spirituality for him um, is a way to be more human. It's a way to be more fully in this human experience. And that was really beautiful to hear him break down. Um, So Caleb, uh, uh, probably like six months ago, came home. Uh, <laughs> raving about this podcast, yeah. the, the Robcast, the Robcast, which is Rob and Trace together, and they well, certain episodes, certain episodes, and they did an episode together called Awareness of Awareness. It's linked in the description of this podcast. Yes, and it impacted you so, so much. profoundly. Yeah, because I just felt like Rob and Trace they did such a beautiful job at articulating, and I say this inside of our podcast with Trace, they did a great job at articulating this ex- spiritual experience on the other side of deconstructing or the other side of maybe walking away from the church, but Mm. still hungry for Mm -hmm. the spiritual things of life, still hungry to encounter, to experience God and love. And uh, Trace does an incredible job at just kind of breaking down um, what that podcast was all about and how it pertains to our life and really what it does for us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like part of my love of this conversation is that it's, it's, inspiring to me when I can talk to someone who, um, can maybe reframe some of the concepts that I have quote deconstructed in my life, but don't want to throw them out. Right. Like there's these concepts or these ways that we've grown up in, in faith and, um, spirituality. And instead of throwing them out, I feel like he does such a good job yeah. of helping reframe and offer new perspective. It's this podcast. It's it's, it is dense. It is. Um, <laughs> maybe some people are like, yeah, totally. I get it. But for some, I know it's dense and trace does a great job at explaining this. Um, it's not necessarily this, this concept and this, um, what we're talking about today isn't something that we just mentally understand. Um, if it piques your curiosity, but you can't necessarily conceptually grasp it. It, That's it's okay. done its work, That's right? Okay. The curiosity mm-hmm. has been stirred and now it's time to live into this new experience. I think my my intention with having, because what Trace and his dad did um, is they gave language to the experience that I'm living into. Mm. Um, and so that's what I, I want to trace to come on and kind of talk a little bit about this to hopefully just kind of give a little language and put to words the experience that we all are kind of living into yeah. when it comes to life on the other side of deconstruction and experiencing God in a new, beautiful, expansive way. Would you call it embodied spirituality? Embodied spirituality is beautiful. Yeah. 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 
I like that. If you're not familiar, Trace Bell is incredible. He uh, he teaches spirituality and consciousness. He helps people develop a more integrative and holistic approach to their spirituality and to their lives. He is the son of author and spiritual teacher Rob Bell and makes regular appearances on the Robcast, which, again, we'll have all that in the description below. Trace graduated from UCLA with a degree in political science, which gave him a look into how much our institutions are disconnected from the heart of what it means to be human. He is passionate about helping people live better and more fulfilling lives, helping parents develop more conscious relationships with their children, and raising consciousness on the planet so that our institutions and structures aren't feeding the despair and nihilism that (laughs) is so prevalent in our world today. I love that bio. <laughs> Phoenix Gather Trace is a he's a smart one. He's incredible. <laughs> uh, but I know I just know that you're gonna get something from this episode. And if you do get something from it, um, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, we would. Uh, you can reach out to us on our Instagrams, which is in the descriptions again to this podcast. You can find us at karaandcaleb.com. Send us a note. And if this podcast resonates with you, we would absolutely love if you subscribe to the podcast and left a review. Yeah, that's um, super helpful. And also, if at any point you're listening to this and somebody comes to mind, it's not a coincidence. Screenshot the podcast, send copy it the link, to them. and send it to them. Uh, hopefully some of this made sense, but (laughs) I I know you're going to love this podcast and here's what Trace has to say. First of all, Trace, can we talk about your name? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. It's such a good name. Have you been waiting to say that? Yes, I have. I've been thinking about it. Trace Bell. It is a great name. Uh, Is there a significance behind Trace? Yes, there's a story behind it. It's actually not my real name. My real name oh. is Robert Holmes Bell. And oh. it is Trace is because I'm the third Robert Holmes Bell. So my grandpa was Robert Holmes Bell. And my dad was Robert Holmes Bell Jr. Uh-huh. So my grandpa was Robert Holmes Bell Sr. I'm Robert Holmes Bell third, But my family was like, we don't really want to call him. We don't want to have three Robs <laughs> in the family. So what's three in Spanish is Trace. Jeez. So let's call him Trace, but we have to make it the kind of like the American version. So it has to be oh. T-R-A-C-E. So I was called I like Trace so ever since more. I was a baby. Wow. Um, I, I never have gone by Robert and I'm so thankful for it because <laughs> Trace is such a better name. I think Trace is like the, I, I just, I, I mean, I know I'm biased, but I think Trace is like the best name. It's, it's such it's a good name. And, it's unique and catchy, but it's like, great. It's, it's, but it's not weird too. Like where it's like people are like, wait, what's, what's the name? So not, a, no one really has it, but it's also a great name. It's like, that just fits that like. It's those two kind of. Uh, I had two, no idea. That's so cool. That's so Wait, brilliant. if you have a son one day, do you feel pressure on naming to keep that tradition going? No, no. I think you got <laughs> call him Quattro. The, you can't. You once the the third movie. Once the movie has like yeah, the movie totally. Shows, like Fast and Furious should have stopped a long time ago. Yeah, you got to keep the the, the sequel. Keep the sequel end. tight. <laughs> oh, that's, that's amazing. so cool, Trace. I, I'm so excited to have this conversation with you. Thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast. I have so many questions, but before we get started, I just want to sincerely, and I mean this with every fiber of my being, um, I honor you. For the work that you're doing, for saying yes to your own journey, I know very little about you. Um, Before this podcast started, Trace is a a really big Detroit Lions fan, and I was drafted by the Detroit Lions 
and he said he kind of had like a fanboy moment. I have a fanboy <laughs> moment with you because I remember like just coming. I've always, you know, your dad, we can talk about that, Rob Bell. Um, but coming across you guys doing work together, I'm like, who the fuck is Trace Bell? Like, I know it's his son, but like, yeah. holy shit. How is he so damn articulate? They're articulate <laughs> and so much wisdom. And it, I'm, I guess I'm saying all this in a very lengthy way to say like, thank you, man. Your work has had and it continues to have uh, a profound impact on me man thank you thank you I, I can't tell you how much that that means to to hear that yeah this is a this is a really special moment hearing you hearing you say that hearing hearing people um yeah that, that's resonating I, I can't tell you how much that means to me that's awesome yeah trace i you know growing up in the house with your father rob bell um had to be an experience <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it had to be an experience because I just remember, I know you have Kara, you have your own experience of Mm -hmm. Rob. Well, I went to Wheaton. So your dad was like, um, he was like a hero to me for, (laughs) for a long time. And then I went to Mars Hill on and off when I was in Michigan for the summers. And I just remember thinking like, this guy is so cool. And then when he came out with the love wins, love wins, it was just like, he's, He's so wonderful. <laughs> you had a completely opposite I had, experience. I Because, Trace, I grew up in very mainstream. I guess you did too. But, like, have you ever heard of, like, the Word of Faith theology? Uh, like, Kenneth Copeland and, like, all of... Uh, He's a televangelist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. like... Yeah. That's who I grew up in. in okay. like, name and it, I, claim I, it. Name it, claim it. Fire and, and I idolize these people. Um, and so it's very much, you know, hell is real. <laughs> Hell is very, very How real. How could you say that hell is not real? And when so, so when your dad wrote Love Wind, it was always like, I was so, something in me probably like like gravitated towards it. Yeah. Um, but it was very like a cautionary tale, like Caleb, just a small, honest to God, this is what my pastor said to me. Just a small little amount of poison will ruin the entire meal. <laughs> Lots of fear. Meaning Lots like, of fear like this, like <laughs> if you're allowing this concept that there isn't like the, the, the book love wins into your, mm. into your heart. Yeah. As they would say, um, it can poison everything. So <laughs> <laughs> that was your person. That was my like raising up. So I was always like, but then over time I'm like looking back now, it's so easy to be like, fuck, like Rob was so ahead of the times. Mm. Yeah. Like he mm-hmm. was so far so ahead of the ahead. times and his work, um, especially his la- latest book, everything is spiritual, um, has had just like, it's put language to so many of mm-hmm. our experiences on the other side of organized religion. Mm-hmm. And so, Trace, I'm, I'm curious on just kind of what was it like r- being raised by Rob um, and obviously even mom, too, um, <laughs> but just uh, growing up inside of your home when it came to God and uh, sex and religion and spiritual things. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was totally, totally normal and totally weird at the same time <laughs> and totally kind of crazy at the same time. I, I, I think back to uh, I had a, I had a normal childhood in a lot of ways. Uh, really great childhood, uh, and things were also very different from a lot of the other people that I grew up around and mm. that I that I talked to. Um, it was really when I tell my story, it's really uh, I'm I'm aware of a, a paradox in my story of the fact that I grew up with my parents starting this massive mega church in West Michigan um, and and being heavily involved in in that in that church and that whole life. Um, but I, I never actually really considered myself religious or never really considered myself Christian. I, I, I never growing up, um, 
I never, my parents kind of uh, kept me and my brother kind of separated from the whole church world. It was mm. like the whole church world was, um, had so much, uh, so much drama and so much stuff going on. And, and, and they were, they were pouring so much of themselves into it. Um, and it, it felt like they purposely kind of kept me and my brother kind of separate from all of that. And mm. they never pushed, they never pushed any sort of, uh, like beliefs or any sort of like, uh, any sort of ideas onto us about religion. They just let us gravitate toward whatever we want to gravitate towards. Really? Um, so I felt like I was really benefited by, uh, benefiting from my parents' spirituality and, and their, and their teachings. Um, but not never really like being immersed in the sort of Christian world or being immersed in, um, <clears throat> the religion. So I've had a really, uh, I feel like I've had like a kind of interesting journey of just being able to find spirituality on my own and not having to grow out of any organized religion. Mm. Um, because I never really felt like I was part of it. It was like, it always felt like it was sort of like something my parents were doing over here. Um, and I, I just could feel them kind of keeping us separate from it. So like we would go, we would go to, um, to Mars Hill, the church occasionally, but not, not very often. And we would just kind of like go play Pokemon up, upstairs <laughs> or something like that. Like we wouldn't even really be that. I, I would see my dad, uh, give sermons sometimes. And even when I see my dad give, give sermons, I'd be like, wow, I can see why he's such a, like a captivating speaker. Like I can see why so many people are into watching him speak. Um, and I, and some of the messages resonated with me, but the actual kind of like religious container, um, I never really felt like I was part of or uh, kind of involved in that much. Mm. It's that so has different. to feel so free. Yeah, but it's also so different totally. from a lot of pastor kids' experiences. Yeah. Like yeah. you're on the front row, button up your top button, yeah. Yeah. put a smile on your face. Sunday, Wednesday, it. Saturday. <laughs> yeah. And also lead all of the organizations or yeah. the, out, you know, all of the mission work. How were the conversations, and, uh, I interrupted you. How were the conversations oh, oh. at home around spirituality around, because your dad is giving these messages in a church. He's leading a, a big church. What did it look like in, in the family life to have these kinds of discussions? Yeah. Great question. And the, the I didn't mean to interrupt earlier. The, the, the thing I was going to say was, uh, that's what I never really, when people would kind of, uh, I would talk to other pastors, kids and people would be like, what's it like being a pastor's kid? And I just never related to that term mm. at all. Cause I'm like, that's just so far from my experience. Like the, the term pastor's kid meant like, like you're saying, like you're in the front row, you're involved in all this stuff. And I was like, that's just so far from my experience. That was like something I never really uh, related to. And then the, the topic, the conversations about spirituality, um, my parents did such a good job at just talking about, um, spirituality and their spiritual journeys and what it meant for them and how mm. it was, how it was uh, making them better humans and, and how it was changing them. They never had any of that kind of like pressure of here's what you should be into. Here's what you yeah. should believe. It only, it only was in terms of what it was doing for them. So their my experience. parents have this beautiful balance of That's incredible. not pushing, pushing anything onto me and also just communicating authentically about what it meant for them mm. and just living that and setting, setting the example for, for me and my, my siblings for, um, by, by just living their spirituality rather than like pushing or, or make, pushing any sort of like certain belief structure on. So us. totally so beautiful opposite of our experiences. <laughs> you will believe this and this and this, and you will not deviate from it. Damn it. Yeah. Um, but so they just really provided you a safe container for you to explore your own understanding of spirituality. 
Totally. Yeah. I, I remember my telling my dad, um, I was agnostic when I was, I, I never, I never considered myself atheist. Like the idea that there's nothing going on here. It's just this experience is all neurons in the brain. There's nothing going on here. I always felt like that idea was super ridiculous. Like, <laughs> no, 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 there's, there, there's something else going on here. Like I always felt like I had an, an inkling towards spirituality just throughout my life. It kind of, yeah. my connection to that kind of varied. Um, but I always explored, um, that aspect. Uh, so I remember telling my dad when I was younger, like, Oh, I'm agnostic. And I remember him just being like, having like oh like awesome just encouraging that like the fact that i was even exploring that and thinking about that um was something that was encouraged by them um i i always felt completely safe with my parents like saying uh saying whatever however i was feeling or whatever i was i was dealing with as it as it related to spirituality or my view on the world Mm. i never felt like they had agenda that they were trying to push push or trying to get me to huge huge for me yeah help me remember was mars when your father was preaching at mars hills was he kind of edgy then was his was he preaching like kind of really edgy things then or was it after mars hill that like because i know that there were times when your father was the front and centered you know the the what not to do in american christianity um, and so I didn't know if from that like the evangelical from the evangelical yeah. world perspective, um, f- well, from the world that I grew up in. Yeah. yeah. That's what it was. Um, don't misunderstand me. Like I love your fault. Like <laughs> he's put words to so many of my experiences to help better understand my own journey. Um, but what was there? So like, did he obviously uh, the question i guess i'm trying to fumble through is the tension outside in the church that he was experiencing were you aware of that yeah no great question um and yes he he was edgy he was definitely edgy before love wins i mean i think love wins was like the, really took it up a notch you know what i mean love yeah. wins took the edginess onto like a national scale and kind mm. of like caused like a whole kind of like mm-hmm. like a kind of it went it went huge um, but at, at Mars Hill he was definitely pushing a lot of he was definitely pushing a, he was definitely the pushing the people in some really important ways and, and I remember him he would have backlash consistently from from people in the church and people that felt like things were going too far um and um, I mean he, he would have political sermons um which he would he would you know criticize uh Bush uh he would he, he, there was stuff that was really kind of kind of rustling some jimmies as I like to say <laughs> um, and uh so so yeah he was the Mars Hill it's interesting talking to people in Grand Rapids uh as an as an adult now and they're like Trace they're like you don't understand like your parents were when, when they created Mars Hill they were creating like a flying like a flying car and the people yeah. around in that area were like, what the hell is yeah. this? Like yeah. Mars Hill was, Mars Hill was super, super progressive and it was so progressive and kind of pushing, like pushing the, the, the boundaries of what people thought a church was um, that a lot of people didn't even know really what to think of it. They just knew it was something special. Um, so, cool. so it's kind of cool to hear those stories of yeah. like, and I kind of knew that that's the thing that's interesting is like, as a kid, I never felt like my parents, like their whole church thing was like lame or like stupid. I knew I had this kind of like deep, like deep intuition and kind of like just knowing that they were doing something special. Yeah. Um, I just knew that that was their own, there was, that was their path. And I had my path mm. and, and my path wasn't to be like a huge part of that. Like I, I knew that they were doing something special. I just wasn't ever interested in the, like the Christian kind of uh, language as much, or like the, the actual like framework as much. It's now as, a, as an adult that I've had progressed in my spiritual journey that I've really kind of, uh, kind of reclaim yeah. some of that or, or, or claim some of that kind of uh, the, the Jesus message and that, that kind of the, some of the, the Christian messages. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. It is really interesting thinking about that happening in West Michigan. I grew up in West Michigan um, and it, 
it it is it's such West a Michigan. conservative <laughs> little little bubble and I yeah. feel like they were so progressive for their time and doing such a such an amazing thing. One of the things that you um, touched on, and I know we're going to jump into this probably a little bit later in the podcast, Trace, but I feel like what you named is that <clears throat> your parents created such a sense of emotional safety in your mm-hmm. home for you to explore whatever felt true to you. And I love that I'm thinking like about us raising a daughter and, and the, the values that we've kind of set together in our home and, and thinking about... What a gift it must have been to be given that freedom to really explore, play, play with the idea of agnosticism and then play with the idea of whatever it might be to really find your path. And I just think like, gosh, it has to take really comfortable, confident parents who are not threatened (laughs) and not afraid uh, by your own exploration. What I I hear when I hear that it's like your parents were so really their identity was not rooted in a doctrine or a belief mm-hmm. system. Uh-huh. Their identity was truly rooted in this idea of love mm-hmm. and everyone's journey to love looks different. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so beautiful. Yeah. It's such like, you know, having a daughter, I'm like, Oh yeah. And especially being it's pastors, it's just mind boggling, <laughs> especially being pastors uh-huh. and creating that space and giving you the permission to follow th- your own heart and leading you on your own journey is just so beautiful. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, absolutely. When, when you, when you love something, when you love something, you can let it go. Yeah. When my, my parents had such a deep love for me and, and my siblings that they could, they, they kind of let go the, the idea they, they let go as far as like needing to control what exactly we believed or needing to control. It was this beautiful balance of, of influencing us tremendously through their way of being and also just letting us go and letting us have our own journey and our own path, um, which is why I'm able to do the work I'm able to do right now is because I actually grew into it authentically. I didn't have to like work. I didn't have to, I didn't have a bunch of baggage that I had to like work through. I didn't have a bunch of like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of that. It was, it was just letting me grow authentically into this, my own spiritual connection. Yeah. There's really been no, like, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but deconstruction that you've had to do on the other side of this. Um, uh, And you don't have to answer this, but I'm curious, how do your uh, your siblings, how many siblings do you have? Two. Two, so you have a a brother and a sister? Yep, brother and a sister. Are you the youngest? I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Okay. Do your brother and sister- brother who's two years younger and then a sister who's, uh, she's 11 years younger. Okay, so, okay. Uh, I was just wondering if they share kind of the same kind of experience and um, framework that you do. Or if it was a different experience for them, yeah, I think I think they. It's it's interesting. I mean, definitely the way that my brother and I were, uh, my because my sister's so much younger than yeah, us. It's for like sure. My my parents were like almost like different people in a, yeah. in a way. Um. So my brother, yeah, my brother has his own. My brother has his own uh, own connection. He's a, he's an artist. Um. So he's he's kind of uh he's really explore. He's really throwing That's himself awesome. into art. Um, then my sister, it's fascinating to watch my sister cause she's, she's yeah. in seventh grade. So, um, so cool. I don't really, I don't really know. She, she, she definitely is interested in spirituality and she asks us tons of questions and, um, I've helped her uh, meditate and she's really into crystals and, mm. uh, so cool. we've been having some really good conversations lately. So I, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating <laughs> to see like what, what she grows into. Yeah. yeah. I love that. Um, Trace, I, I, have been wanting to have a conversation with you and we've connected a little bit, but I've wanted to have a, a, a conversation with you really ever since I heard the podcast that you did with your dad, um, the awareness of awareness. I'm, I remember listening to that. Honest to God, I am not lying to you. I have a 4,000 
Word document on my computer right now that is literally notes and kind of verbatim transcribing words. I basically, if y'all want a transcription of that podcast, <laughs> let me know because I basically have it done. Oh <laughs> I'm my not God. even joking to you because I find that when you, especially towards the end, and I'll let you dive into that, but especially towards the end and the experience, uh, the spaciousness that we're all sharing mm. and how that understanding like, I don't ever want to hurt or harm another person that's sharing that same spaciousness, mm-hmm. that same awareness. And I say that because when I first listened to this, I had, was at a loss of words for a while. I remember calling Kara and be like, Kara, and I remember being like, oh, my God. No, you God. came storming in the door and you were like, I, we have to listen to this together. I need you to listen to this with me. Yeah. He was like, it, it might be a little bit over my head. It's really, it's really, really over my head. But <laughs> what it did for me is I feel like growing up in, in the experience that we grew up in mm-hmm. having this kind of idea of deconstructing and I never set out and Karen, maybe you can speak to your own journey. I never set out to deconstruct, right? I just followed what I felt like was the church did a great job at creating the system to help me connect to that voice of God in me, help me mm-hmm. connect to God. And as I had just said yes mm-hmm. to that own voice of God, I just kind of naturally love led me away from the church, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Love mm-hmm. really did lead me away from the church because I felt like the container of church was just too small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as I grew and then the deconstruction kind of naturally happened, um, and it's why we don't really vibe with like deconstructive spaces necessarily. Not that they're yeah. wrong, but we just don't, it's not our vibe. Yeah. Um, because mm-hmm. I think in so many ways it's, there's gatekeepers to that shit now. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's an, yep. it's its own thing. another system. But when I heard yep. your podcast, I got a lot of words today. When I heard your <laughs> podcast, I was like, this is, I feel like on the other side, this is mm. the experience of God. This is the spiritual experience that really people have not been able to put to words. And I feel like what y'all did for me in that moment is you really put my current experience of God and spirituality to words. And it's just been so empowering because it's helped me understand myself and this whole thing mm. that we're part of even more. So first off, thanks for that shit. Secondly, <laughs> can you maybe just break down, um, and you can take all the time that you want, this idea of the awareness of awareness, uh, what it means and why it's so important. Mm, well, well, first off, I, I I can't tell you how how happy that makes me to, to hear that that had that that. Um, it resonated with you that yeah. deeply and hearing that you had a word document where you transcribed <laughs> it, I mean, that makes me so happy. I, I, I can't even explain it because that, <laughs> that, that episode with my dad, that was like, that, that episode is sort of like my baby in a way. Yeah, like so I, cool. I was, that was the, the material that being able to do that episode with him. That was like my, that, that was him fully letting me just do like, okay, let's just do trace. Like, let's just, what is spirituality to trace? Let's yes. just do an episode on it. And like, just fully just going in. My dad just giving me free reign to, uh, and, and I'm obviously crafting it with him, but like him just giving me free reign to just craft that episode and really just put that out there mm. meant the world to me. And, and that's, I mean, to hear people, they resonated with people and people connected with it like that. Um, I, I literally can't, I mean, I know I'm trying to use words, but I literally can't <laughs> put in words how much, how happy that makes me and how much that means to me because um, that, that episode is really special to me. It's, it's my favorite episode I've ever done with him. It's amazing. So, good. Um, so, so yeah, so, so, um, like I said, I, I wasn't growing up, I wasn't really interested in this organized religion. Um, but I had, I, I say that everyone kind of has their own doorway into spirituality, which is like their own kind of way, their own kind of way that they came into spirituality and their own kind of like path that they followed to their, um, to really develop their spiritual connection. 
So my parents, for example, their doorway was actually organized religion. They came in through organized religion, kind of grew beyond it, grew into this, this deeper spirituality. My doorway was um, these deep kind of these deep kind of metaphysical questions and these deep kind of fascinations with life and reality itself. And the, mm. the thing that always fascinated me most was uh, what is consciousness? I was like, okay, there's, there's this whole trace experience or what is awareness? There's this whole trace experience, but then there's also this, there's this awareness that's aware of this trace experience. And I remember being as a, as a kid, I remember having this like deep, deep intuition and feeling that this wasn't my first time here. Like this wasn't mm. like the idea that this was as a kid, the idea that this was my first experience of life. Like I was just born as this trace body and this trace mind. And this was just the first time I was experiencing life was like a ridiculous idea to me. It was like, no, there's, there's the deeper identity here. That's been experiencing many lifetimes before yeah. this. And there was always this thing. It felt to me like I just couldn't put my finger on. Like, it was like, what is this? Like, what is this awareness that's aware of this trace experience? Like I can't, there's like this space, there's a spaciousness yeah. mm. that this whole experience is happening within, but I can't like, I can't put my finger on it. I can't really like describe it. Um, I can't, I can't give it like a color or a taste. Um, it's just, it's always there, but yeah, it's kind of ineffable. Um, and it was, I couldn't really even articulate this as a kid. Like this fascination wasn't even something I was like telling my parents as a little kid, like, Hey, I'm fascinated by consciousness. <laughs> it was just something that just like sat It was like that's this mystery kind of like sat at like the heart of my being. It felt like, mm. um, so, it, so wherever I went, no matter what experience I had, there was always this like mysterious spaciousness that it was all kind of taking place within. Um, so on, so on my, my spiritual journey has really just been following that and, mm. and, and, and following like, what is this, who is this I that's aware of the trace experience and, and going deeper into that. And the, the, I mean, med, this is why my meditation practice has been the most important practice is in my, in my, in my life is just continuing to, to, to meditate and come back to like, what, what is this, what, what is the present moment? What is this whole thing happening within? Um, so we, so, to, so to me, um, it's the most interesting and the most fun thing to talk about because it's the thing that we all share. It's the thing that we, that all connects us. Um, this, every, every interaction, every experience we have is all taking place within this just aware space. And the, the most fascinating thing to me is we have this, we have the, a trace experience. We have a Caleb experience or the car experience, but is the space that they're all happening within is the awareness that's aware of the car experience, the Caleb experience, the trace experience. Is that a different awareness or is it actually the thing is it the same awareness as the thing say this again say that again well can you and can you break it down for somebody who has no idea what right. awareness of awareness might be uh, how i interpreted it and you're going to do a much better job but i'm kara i'm here i'm ha i'm looking at my phone i'm ha drinking my water i'm having this experience of being human but then there's this otherness or this you're calling it spaciousness almost and and, and we're on video but people who can't see us were like pointing behind us, like almost <laughs> surrounding us, right? The spaciousness surrounding us that's aware of the fact that I'm embodied having this experience. Yes. Is yeah. that how you would explain it? A absolutely. Every, every experience that's happened in your life, you've, you've been aware of. And every, if you would ask anyone, are you aware? Everyone says, yes, we're mm. all aware. Awareness. We're, we're, we're all aware that we're aware. Um, and, uh, so, so no, no experience we've ever had has happened outside of this awareness, because if we, to have an experience is to be aware of it, to happen mm -hmm. within awareness. So we have this, we have this container that everything happens within, and we've never actually experienced anything outside of this awareness. So there's this, there's a spaciousness, there's this aware space in all of us that everything is taking place within it. And really 
um, really exploring that and, and, and diving uh, diving deeper into that um, is really what um, to me is what 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 connects us all and what is the 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 same thing in all of us. We have trace is different. The trace experience is different from from all the other human experiences. Um, but there's something that's deeper that's experiencing that. Um, that that's the thing that the, we all share. That's the thing that we all share. So okay, I love it. <laughs> I'm processing. No, I, I oh, go ahead, honey. Do you have a question? Yeah, I do. I, I, I love it. But for somebody that doesn't understand, for somebody that maybe um, doesn't live very, because it's in the present, right? And I would love for you to under, like maybe explain the the eternal now and like the importance of being in the present mm. um, when it mm-hmm. comes to actually engaging. Maybe that's my question for now. What is the importance of the internal now or being in the present to actually have a fuller experience of God or of spirituality? Mm-hmm. What role does mm-hmm. the present Great. play? Mm-hmm. Great question. So, so yes, that, that, that awareness, that, that awareness that we all recognize um, that, that, that the fact that we're all aware um, that notice that that is always right now. Your awareness is never in the, you can have a, you can have a memory about the, the past. You can have a thought about the future, but that's still taking place in your awareness right now. So mm. the only place you can ever contact awareness, um, is in the now. Uh, so we have, our minds are constantly running of, of telling us stories about the past stories about what's going to happen in the future. We're constantly living in, in the past and the future. And we're, and we're, when we, when we detach from those thoughts and actually come back to the now, um, then we're, we're truly resting in, in our being, we're truly resting in, in awareness. Uh, so the, so the eternal now is the fact that all, all time is happening within uh, awareness all, all time. Um, and we kind of feels like almost awareness happens within time. Like time is this backdrop that all our, our lives happen within, but notice that our only experience of time has actually happened in awareness and awareness is only <laughs> ever right now. So is, is it really that our awareness happens within, yeah. within time or is it really that time happens within Time is moving through us. Mm. Time is moving through us. So mm-hmm. eternal people usually think the term eternity is usually understood as like lasting forever in time. Like, oh, it's eternity is like forever and it's lasting forever in time. But actually what eternal means is outside of time Mm. or beyond time. So, so time actually happens within eternity because eternity isn't like a duration of time. Eternity is actually beyond time. So your awareness right now. (laughs) So say as humans, we make shit so small. (laughs) We really screw things up. We do. Yes. (laughs) You see that hilarious thing that people will do with eternity, which is they take, they, they, we have this idea of like linear time is this like absolute reality. Like time is moving from past to future. And it's like this linear thing. And it goes like this. Mm. And then we take eternity. It's like, okay, eternity must be forever in time. So we take eternity and make it subject to this idea of time yeah. rather than understanding that eternity actually transcends time because it's beyond time and outside of time. Um, and your awareness right now, uh, time is happening within your awareness right now. Your awareness right now is beyond time because your awareness doesn't actually isn't happen to time. within time. Time happens within your awareness. So being able to connect to, this is why Jesus talks about um, eternity in the kingdom of heaven was, is within you, um, is eternity isn't something that you're going to, when you get to heaven, eternity isn't something you experience in the future. Eternity is when you live right in the now because the now is beyond time. Time is happening within the now. So we just went to church. Good. So Boom. good. It also, it is like 
It is alleviating all my childhood fears when I was little and they would be like, you're going to go to heaven for eternity. I'd be like, I don't want to go go anywhere for for eternity. eternity. I don't want to go anywhere. That sounds terrible. I don't want to be like worshiping for like 20 billion years. (laughs) (laughs) That, That was like my fear as a kid. And I feel like what you just named alleviated all of that i feel like people are listening oh. maybe right now and they're like wait what and they're like there's a piece of them that's computing yeah and there's another half that's like it's resisting because it is dense and so, so i so what i would yeah oh, please no I'm sorry no, I didn't no, interrupt. You're, what you're i would going. say to just those people is this kind of content it's tricky because it's not meant to be totally understood yeah mm. i mean it's not meant to be totally understood by the mind yes. it's just something so to good. be um, into kind of explored and this is i mean this is why practices like meditation going out in nature really you don't you don't understand this material by thinking enough yeah, about it you actually good. you understand it and it sinks deeper mm. um it sinks deep into your heart when you actually just come and live in the present mm. um and and have those connect to those practices that really help you be um grounded and centered in the present moment so this is that's one of the things where this tr- this these kind of teachings are tricky is because it's very easy to and i've i mean i fall victim to this all the time tr- like thinking Mentally about it assumed. conceptualizing about it yeah. but it's not about this is stuff that we're talking about that's beyond the mind because the mind is happening within awareness the mind is happening within the now so yeah. the mind can't truly grasp this yeah um, it's actually about being rather than thinking i think so richard good. Rohr says you know we don't think our way into new experiences we experience our way into mm. new realities or whatever it is mm-hmm. and it really is and i i do find what i love about because i am one that kind of falls i mean as you know i have four thousand or document up there on this concept. Um, but it's because I'm trying to wrap my mind around this mm. to better understand it. And I've learned in my own journey that so many times I know that when the frustration, because I can't understand it, that frustration is actually the invitation to let go of trying to mentally mm-hmm. ascend and to understanding this more fully so that I can talk about it over wine one night. But mm. actually it's an invitation to experience it. It's like the words become the prophecy that I'm yes. living into now. Mm. And I think that's a really, really uh, critical point, especially if you can't really con- like conceptualize what this means. It's, yeah. it's not meant to be conceptualized. It's yeah. meant to yeah. be lived into. Yeah. And yeah. It, really it, well said. Go ahead. Yeah, Car. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that that's, that's one thing that I have to catch myself all the time because uh, yeah. I have a very active mind. And I find myself like wanting to conceptualize further and kind of like understand it further. It's actually, that's the invitation, like you said, to just let that go and actually come just, just detach from all the need to think and conceptualize about it. Cause it's actually about all your answers are actually found by just being present and being in the now. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's the only place that answers and wisdom and, and love and joy and, and all the beautiful qualities are found is in the now. That's what I was going to so kind beautiful. of ask you is what is the benefits of experience? like having this experience like what is like Mm -hmm. you know for people to because i know a lot of people they're either their curiosity is is peaked but they're also might just be like that's that's not for me Mm -hmm. like you know that's that's some shit out there like whatever (laughs) you know they tell them stories whatever stories they might be telling themselves but what are the benefits of living into this experience from your own experience trace oh man great question uh a profound sense of peace contentment um, a deep love for, for just reality itself. So a deep, a deep love for, um, there's, there's a deep understanding. I mean, really, really having, uh, awakenings for me was a deep understanding that, that, um, I am not different from, from other humans. Like other mm. humans are just, uh, are, are just me. So there's a, the, it, it, the, the kind of, uh, separation and, and kind of 
judging and demonization that that sometimes my my mind would um, get into is it really quiets that that down. And it's not to say that once once you have these experiences, all that stuff goes away. I mean, you still like you're still you're still dealing with there's, there's still times I get frustrated and agitated. Um, but like a uh, there's a there's a there's a deeper connection to reality itself mm. it's like a, like spirituality to me is really about connect having a relationship with life and reality itself which mm. i which i know is like those words can can kind of be like vague like what does that even mean and that's kind of the point it's hard to even articulate um but it's like this deep this deep connection to when you, when you connect and live more than now you're connecting to life itself and reality itself on such a deeper level and it's it's hard to even articulate like exactly and it's hard to even put in yeah. words exactly what that what that means but um yeah i think i think love peace joy um living more from I, I feel like the more i do this the more i've gotten connected to the authentic expression of trace because mm-hmm. the thing that's most interesting with all this awareness talk like okay there's this trace experience and there's the awareness the thing that's most interesting to me is how does this actually live me how does this actually help me live a better life mm-hmm. as trace how does this better live help me live a more fuller expression of trace so this this living in the now resting in awareness doesn't doesn't feel like it detaches me from trace it actually feels like it um, helps me live live the trace experience and live this trace expression to the even even fuller mm. um so yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. All, all, all of that yeah that's beautiful it makes me think we were on a podcast the other day and we were talking about just humans are born for connection and pleasure if we think about like our basic fundamental desire we want connection and we want pleasure and i feel like this type of experience it it is the most connective experience because you are having mm-hmm. this sense of awareness and it's, it's connecting you to everyone else, every other mm-hmm. human, every other person. And I feel like most people, I mean, this is a sweeping generalization, but I feel like a lot of people feel so disconnected, mm-hmm. feel so disconnected mm-hmm. from themselves, disconnected from their, their lives. And so I can see the significance of this being being that sense of well, deep, mo- deep connection and almost like deep knowing too. Mm-hmm. When we're talking mm-hmm. about knowing, like not, yeah. not the concept of knowing, but the deep inner knowing. And most people just live connected to belief systems. They've mm-hmm. never actually lived into an actual experience. experience. Yeah, it's true. And I, and I think that it is, especially when I look at my own life, like organized religion is the great doorway. It is a beautiful mm-hmm. doorway mm-hmm. into a deeper spirituality, mm-hmm. but it was never meant to be the home that you live in. Like yes. you're meant to grow out of that container. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's what, obviously that's what Roar is talking about with the first half of life and the second half of life, but you are meant to fall out or to grow out of that container. Mm-hmm. If you're willing just to, to f- say yes, because it takes a lot of fucking courage, yeah. especially yeah. when you have built a home with other people in a community, <laughs> right? It takes a lot of and courage it feels to safe leave. There. It yeah. feels safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love the conversation, uh, Trace, about you know the awareness of the awareness and the profound impacts that it's having on you. Do you feel? I'm thinking of a poem right now. By Do you know who David White is? Mm. Uh, I'll send some of his work. Him. I think you love his work. Yeah. But he has a poem called "The Bell and the Blackbird," mm. and it's essentially he is talking about this man who is walking and he hears um, the birds in the forest chirping and he stops and he says, that's the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And he feels this instantaneous call to go meet the birds in the forest. And as he's walking, he hears the uh, sound of the bells from the church ringing. And he says, Oh, but that's the most beautiful sound I've ever heard. And he feels this other opposite pull. And mm. it's a pull to go into the room of prayer, the house of prayer, and to deepen his experience in love. 
And he says, like, which way do I go? And the poem ends kind of there. And we don't know what he chose because in our reality, his point is, is like, we don't have a choice. We were continually called to deepen our sense of self while mm. meeting the world as it is. Mm. So like, mm. we're, we don't have a choice. That's really the spiritual experience. I guess my question is, is how has you, how has embracing and living into this awareness and being more present in this awareness and resting in this awareness helped you move move your life forward because i think mm. a lot of people have this idea of like this very masculine energy when it comes to moving my life forward it's productivity is do more it's hustle more it's achieve more it's climb more it's work harder faster stronger whatever it might be mm. but what you're saying it's a it's the great paradox it's like the antithesis of resting in this awareness and so i guess do you ever find yourself Am I making sense of this question? Do you ever find yourself yeah. wrestling in between those two worlds of like trying to move your life forward in the traditional sense, but also trying to rest in what is here now? What does that dance look like? Oh, fa fantastic question. And um, yes, it, it's, it, it feels, it sometimes feels like, like some, the, so much of our, our lives are, are, are dictated by our minds. It's like, we have such a mind dominated culture in so many ways. And I I've been, uh, I've been a part of this of just, I've been rewarded at through, through my schooling of, of doing stuff with my mind and living for my mind. And I've been rewarded by, uh, by using my mind in these kind of ways. And I went to the UCLA, yeah. uh, which has really showed me like what a mind dominated culture looks like. And I was rewarded for using my mind in skilled ways. So, so much, so much of our life is, is determined by our minds and by our thoughts. So when we, when we go, when we explore these kind of awareness topics and these awareness teachings, it sometimes feels like, oh, but but just resting as awareness and just being in the present moment is actually going to take us away from the like being able to do stuff and being able to uh, achieve stuff. But it's it's a it's a story that the mind it's a very convincing story that the mind likes to spin that if you if you get you know start to rest more in the present moment, start to connect more to awareness, it's actually going to take you away from the from the achieving and being able to do yeah. stuff when really it's the exact opposite because actually our thoughts and living from the mind actually clutters our experience and actually takes us away from the present moment, which is where anything actually happens which any productivity, any um, energy, any work actually happens in the present moment. Um, so actually connecting more to this awareness and the spaciousness is actually what then helps all all work and all action is then coming from a deeper place, which actually, in my experience, has made me more productive, has made me more motivated, um, because it's, now it's not coming from a up from a mind place; it's coming from a deeper heart place. Um, so for me, uh, it's it hasn't been like the the just being, just being the present moment and, and connecting to connecting to awareness hasn't taken me away from anything. It's actually only brought forth. It, it's like brought brought me to new levels in so many different areas because now mm. I have a new sense of clarity. I have a new sense like when I'm when I'm when you're in flow, um you're not you don't have a bunch of thoughts when you're in flow kind of cluttering. Um you're just fully in the present moment. So actually to be more productive, to be more connected to your life purpose, to be more uh connected to your work is actually to go to go deeper into this stuff. It's not taking you away from it. Um that's something that and okay. I still have this sometimes my mind will come in and be like but wait, wait, but, but, but what about me? Like if you're, if you go into this and you're going to lose the ability to do this and every single time I found that my ability to do things is only heightened 
by um, releasing the mind and connecting more to the heart and the present moment. Mm. Um, so that's, that's been my experience. It's but, but it's tricky because we, we live in a culture that's so mind dominated yeah. and so yeah. rewards us for our mind. Yeah. But this can be it, it can be like a it's a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, but when but when you when you really connect, you'll find that um, it brings a new level of peace and clarity and, and energy and vibrancy. Um, that you can't get from living from the mind. That's so good. I think in a lot of ways, so we have a lot of conversations around like, because we grew up in purity culture. So we have a lot of mm-hmm. conversations around, you know, creating sex positive homes and having sex positive conversations and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And a lot of people's first instinct or thought is sex positive talk means more sex. <laughs> like, aren't you just like... <laughs> Or increasing like, or, or like you if just you leave? if you inform them about but sex they're gonna then have they're more gonna, sex they're gonna be Whatever. very promiscuous not it's not the case data proves that that's not the case right there's mm-hmm. yeah w- endless research endless research it's kind of the same thing where it's like their natural thought is resting in this awareness will promote laziness it will mm-hmm. promote like not getting shit done where I love what you're saying because mm-hmm. I, I'm very I'm wildly interested in this conversation because I feel like it's my own story that I have been living into for so many years. Mm-hmm. And resting in this awareness really is the profound experience of faith. Because to mm-hmm. rest into something is to let go of any ways that mm-hmm. I'm clinging or holding on to. Mm-hmm. And so I think why resting in this awareness is so hard is because it feels like you're dying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like it feels in a lot of ways from my experience like death, mm-hmm. but there is something that happens when you're in this awareness that you're now tuned in. You're not pushing that river forward. That river is flowing. You're learning how to rest in the river that's already moving. Yes. So you're in this mm-hmm. co-partnership with life mm-hmm. that's happening. And then what happens is what you said so beautifully. It's like suddenly the mental constructs of what I think I should be doing or how it's supposed to look or how other people are doing it fade away and my own desire Mm-hmm. begins to emerge and I can reconnect mm-hmm. with my voice of desire and intuition that is guiding me along this way. Yeah. Mm, beautifully said. Yeah. Per- perfectly said it's, it's um, you're, you're removing so much of the the clutter that yeah. constantly clutters our experience of our, our thoughts and our minds that are telling us all these stories and telling us what to do. And that's actually like making us less productive in yeah. lots of ways. It's not to say that thinking is bad. And actually it's not to say that when you rest as awareness, it's like, you don't think anymore. The thinking actually comes from a different place. The yeah. thinking is coming from a deeper place. It's not coming from the, it's not coming from a place of lack and there scarcity. Oftentimes like the mind, it's coming from a place of love and abundance. So, so now your, your, your vehicle, your, your body, your expression, your unique expression, your unique human expression is now an expression of this deep pure peace, content mm. being of, of pure awareness of the the peace of the present moment um, rather than it being some ideas in your head or some some so it's it's a really really profound shift that only leads to um better a, a better more vibrant life and a more fuller expression of yourself rather than taking you out of life and detaching you yeah it's a complete shift of energy it's amazing yeah, it's yes. a complete yes. shift energy yeah of trying yeah. to figure it out and that energy of like that and that needy energy yeah of moving and figuring it out and going yes. to mm-hmm. now this this peaceful energy and yeah. i'm resting in the abundance of it all yeah and like it's just yes. a completely the trust of it, the all. Trust mm-hmm. of it all it's a completely mm-hmm. different language or a different i am still learning how to manage or not manage or to navigate that mm. um with a little bit more ease because i'm constantly being pulled out of it and then the healing work has helped me identify when I'm pulled out of it and mm. then I'm pulled into that mental constructs of what I should or what I think mm. I should be doing and that forceful energy. Yeah. And I'm able to come back and to rest in what is, but it definitely is a dance, right? That's the, the 
best way I can describe it. It's yeah. just ebb and flow. It's, it's a dance. Absolutely. Well, well said. Yeah. It's, it's a complete, I, 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 I deal with it every day where I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm pulled out of it, but when, even when I'm pulled out of it, or even when I have frustrations about, cause I'll have the thoughts like you're not being present enough, Trace, you're, you're, you're teaching presence and consciousness and you're not even living it. Like, <laughs> even, even cause, cause my mind, I mean, my mind gets so sneaky about now that I'm in this work and now that I'm, I'm teaching and talking about this stuff, my mind finds ways to kind of co-opt it of like, Oh wait, you're teaching people how to be present and you're not even being present as you're, you know, doing your laundry. Like you're thinking about, <laughs> something else but even just letting that stuff just arise and yeah. just letting it go yeah. you know what i mean and not so not good. following the minds like not trying to combat with the mind of like uh tr- trying to follow those thoughts or trying to kind of argue with it just letting that arise the trace traces trace is doing his best he's having this human experience mm. he's not this you know perfect enlightened master that's going to be nailing it 100 percent of the time actually the traces struggles and traces frustrations are part of this whole experience yeah. and actually just letting it be is meeting it with meeting it with peace and love and acceptance, um, and that's how things are actually healed, rather than trying to combat Come them or and m- force them out. Um, so yeah, just just continually to meeting it with with love and acceptance is actually how um, I found it's all been transformed. For that's me. beautiful. Mm, that's so good, Teresa. I don't know if you have an answer to this, but I'm curious. Um, I do a lot of work around embodiment and helping women get back into their bodies, mm. um, and I'm really curious if this awareness of awareness. Uh, concept has any kind of impact that you that you know of on the physical body like how does it impact how we live as embodied in body humans fantastic question and uh for for anyone listening i i i want for anyone listening to think and, and you too to think think about when you're having a conversation with someone um when they're they're not being when they're, when they're not being present, you can feel them stuck in their minds. Like yeah. when you can, when you're having a conversation with someone and you can feel that they're thinking about something else and they're not being present in your conversation, you can feel that on like such a, like a visceral energetic mm-hmm. level when someone's not being present. And now think about having a conversation with someone when they are present in their bodies and completely present to what you're saying. I mean, think about the, the, the difference in, in that conversation and the interaction between when someone's totally out just thinking about something else and not present when someone's totally present in their body. And it's a completely different interaction. So yes, being more in the present moment and being more in the present moment is being more in your body and more connected to your body because you you only can be in the present moment when you're, when you're connected in your body. Mm. Um, So, so this has a, this has a really, really profound and important relationship um, with our bodies. And, and for me, actually, um, taking my fitness more seriously, taking my diet more seriously, having a deeper relationship with my body, um, and really viewing my body as a spiritual practice and viewing my body at connecting with my body and developing mm. a deeper relationship with my body as something very, very spiritual, um, is, is what it went, it went along with all this awareness stuff. Like I wouldn't be able to do to yeah. connect with awareness yeah. if I wasn't also connecting with my body in this way. So the body and awareness have this profound relationship and, and being more in your body helps you connect, be more in the present, helps you more connect, connect more to awareness and connecting more to awareness and connecting more to your, to, to presence. And then now, um, helps you be at more ease in your body. So they both, they both go hand in hand and connect in that way. Mm, Um, so, so absolutely. The the body is a huge integral part of all of this. And I I can't, I, I can't stress that enough of just how important, um, being in your body and being present in your body um, is. And so we can good. see why, like, why healing and building resiliency around your trauma, mm-hmm. whether it's a yeah. capital T or a smaller T, because all that T, you know, is teaching you to disconnect from disconnect, your body yeah. for survival. Yeah. Right. Because that trauma is stored in your body or whatever. Um, and not or whatever, but 
as you heal trauma, you deepen your sense of trust with your body. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really it's the doorway in a lot of ways, taking that healing step mm-hmm. is a doorway to experiencing more expansiveness in your own life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. This he- healing is so important on this journey. If you, if you've had, if you've had trauma, if you had things that make it feel like it's not safe to be in your body, yeah. um, healing those, uh, is, is imperative. My, my girlfriend's a, an energy healer and she's been teaching me so much about how, um, how from, she's so fascinating from a healer's perspective, like, um, how much she's been teaching me about healing and, and seeing the, the, the relationship that the healing, the body has with all of this. So, yeah. so absolutely like healing, healing trauma and healing, um, those, those little kid parts of us that have been hurt. Um, and even those so sometimes good. older person parts of us that have been hurt, um, it's really, really important and, and, and necessary. It's amazing. This has been so great. Um, I want to respect your time, but I have a couple more questions because why I asked you to get come onto the podcast. Maybe we should just do a part one and a part two, but um, yeah, I, I would love to like, if somebody's listening to this and I know that a lot of our community are people that are probably not still really heavily involved in the evangelical space. Um, but they are, they are seeking and searching and they're on their own journey and they're on their own path. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're also, they have kids and they're raising <laughs> kids and they're trying to understand w- where does Jesus play in all of this? Uh-huh. Like what role does Jesus play in all of this? And really like, how do we talk to our kids about this so that we just don't recreate these boxes? Yeah. If we don't fit inside the box of church anymore. Yeah. Like how do we, how, how do we, we talk to kids about spirituality? A spiritual. What role does Jesus play in now this bigger story of a, not bigger story, but this story of awareness of awareness and consciousness? Like mm-hmm. how do they fit? Mm, great question. Yeah. And, and, and Jesus, Jesus was talking about all this stuff. When totally. Jesus says the, the kingdom, of, the kingdom of heaven is within you. Yeah. Jesus is pointing to, or when Jesus uh, mentions, I am so many times like that, that, that awareness is that, that I amness in all of us. Um, when, when, when God says, you know, I am, but I am, uh, there, there's that, that, that fundamental, I am this in us. There are all those stories in the, in the Bible, um, where we're, we're pointing to this and, and for, for anyone, um, for anyone listening, uh, think, think to, and not, not even think, feel into what is the Jesus, what does Jesus and the Jesus message do for you? And what does it do for your life? How does it make you live, um, a better life? How does it make you live a, a more, fulfilling and be a more loving, uh, person really connect to, um, what's the, what's the why behind the Jesus message? How is that actually changing your life? And if you want to communicate that to your kids, just communicate that authentically. Like here, here's who Jesus is to me. Here's why his message is important to me. Um, Jesus was a wonderful, um, amazing spiritual teacher who, who changed the world in so many ways and was pointing to, um, was pointing to this truth. Uh, the point to the truth and our shared being and the thing that you that connects and unites us all. Um, so uh, Jesus is, Jesus is a, his message is, is wonderful and it has, has lived on for so many years because um, it's, it's, it's a truth. It's a capital T truth. And, and he was pointing to the same thing that um, we're, we're talking about here. Um, so absolutely. What was the beginning of that question? No, I, I'm actually kind of glad you Jesus. brought this up because I forgot I've been hitting the head way too many times Trace, <laughs> to remember <laughs> where I just, what I just said. Um, I remember. I'm glad you brought that up and Kara, I want to publicly apologize for hijacking most of this conversation. Oh, uh, you <laughs> so, have it. Okay. You're great. Uh, okay. Um, so I'm, I'm very aware of it. I'm like, I'm just absorbing. <laughs> I know all it's of fun it. to I'm be like, like a student, right? Yeah. Um, when you say this, okay. So from. The, the scripture that is weaponized the most, that really promotes 
the uh, the message and the mission and the vision of American churches mm-hmm. and evangelicalism. Um, Jesus saying, like, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, truth and the and life. Like, no one comes to the Father but through me. Mm-hmm. Where have we missed it? Like, why, why, like, what is the other way of seeing that? Now, from your mm-hmm. experience, obviously, you didn't buy into that. Okay, Jesus, will you please come into my heart? Forgive me of my sins. And now I'm qualified to go to heaven because that is the one viewpoint. Like, right? Jesus mm-hmm. is God and Jesus pointed us to the Father and it's through him that we find everlasting life, which is this idea still of heaven. living in heaven and mm-hmm. eternity, which we've kind of talked about that already. Um, what was Jesus actually saying there? Mm. Yeah, so so I, I believe Jesus... When Jesus was saying, I am the, the, was it the truth, the way, the light? Is that the way, the, the truth, the yeah, light? Yeah. The way, the truth, the light. Um, the, the way that that's misinterpreted is like, like Jesus is saying, like, Jesus is the way, the truth, the light. Jesus, when Jesus is saying, I am, Jesus is pointing to his essential being. Jesus is pointing to his essential nature. And Jesus was pointing to the fact that we all share that same being. Mm-hmm. We all share that same essential nature. Jesus wasn't saying, trying to like, have some sort of like superiority of like, I am Jesus yeah. is Jesus was pointing to a deeper eye than just the human experience of, of Jesus. Cause like I said, we all have our human experiences, but there's a deeper okay. eye. There's a deeper being within ourselves. Um, that's even have, having the experience of this human experience. Um, so when Jesus, all those, when Jesus says, I am throughout the Bible, when God says, I am throughout the Bible, when Jesus has that, that I am the, the, the way, the truth, the light, um, it's not, it's not Jesus is pointing to something that's so much deeper than just I, Jesus, am the way, the truth, the light. Jesus is pointing to something that, that I am this that's within yeah. all of us is the, the way, the truth, the light. So Jesus was the truly, Jesus was pointing to something that truly unites us all. And it wasn't, so when, when Jesus, Jesus being the son of God, uh, it, it, it is true, and, and, but it, Jesus is the son of God. Um, but the misinterpretation is that Jesus is only the son, son of God. Of God. Mm-hmm. Jesus, we're all children. We're all God. Mm-hmm. God is everything and everyone. Uh, we're yeah. all such children of God. Um, so that's that's the, the misinterpretation happens when it's viewed as Jesus being exclusively the son of God. No, it is true that Jesus is the son of God, but it's true that we're all God because um, God is, is, is the spaciousness in which this all happens within. God is the thing that unites us all. God is everything and everyone. It really um, is the, so it, the William Blake quote. You know, Jesus is the only God. So am I. So are you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But why is it that I'm just kind of, do you have a second? Are we good on time? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah. Um, I appreciate you. Um, Kara's like, Caleb, shut so up. <laughs> no, yeah, you're, you're not. Um, but why is it though, Kara, like from your experience, you know, obviously when we're growing up in the church and evangelical mm. Christianity, it's like we are given the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And in scripture, we see it plain as day that with the Holy Spirit, you're going to go on and do bigger and better things than I. Mm-hmm. Right. These are words of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why do we still live with such an inferior? complex mm. why are we afraid mm-hmm. to think that we are god like why is that so heretical her- her- heretical god damn um <laughs> why is it why do we still live with this inferiority complex when it's still like right there in front of us yeah i mean, I mean trace too <laughs> do you have thoughts on that I, I that that question is something that i actually think about all the time mm. is is why why is there this like natural kind of like 
rejection. It almost feels like there's like this instinctual rejection that like it could be that good. It's yeah. like there's, there's this idea yeah. almost in reality that it's like yeah. reality can't be it can't be that good. Yeah. Like it, I, it's almost people have to like fight and like justify their beliefs in inferiority and like the fact that it, it's it feels so uh, uncreative and it feels yeah. so hollow to me to to um, instinctually be. Uh, against things being that good and, and the, the, being against the fact that um, grace is the fact that we already are connected and we're not separate from God in any moment. Um, and uh, grace is the fact that we don't have to, to work or do anything or prove ourselves to be connected mm. to God. We just always are connected to God. We always, God is everything and everyone. So we all are God all the time. Um, yeah. And that's the, the why re- reality has no limits. Why, why would reality be anything other than that? Yeah. You know, why would rea- why would reality be anything other than pure love and and just creating this experience for us to grow and 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 um, experience love and so so yes I I think it's a fascinating kind of psychological um, aspect of the human experience that that's there's a there's sort of like instinctual response by a lot of people to push back against that yeah um, such a and the threat. thing that I just why why wouldn't it be that good you know mm. wow. <laughs> So good. I'm just I'm thinking about that. That I love your answer, Trace. Thank you for saying that. It is scary. It's it's scary to fully like commit to that the 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 largeness of that mm. experience mm-hmm. because yeah. I think it reveals if you haven't really looked at your darkness, mm. I can see why like having that much quote unquote power would scare people mm. when their darkness has not yet actually mm. been alchemized or turn into or they see it from a different perspective yeah it's because they truly they it's like they don't trust themselves with that much power yeah. they need to keep mm. themselves tamed or small for survival mm. because mm-hmm. to fully accept this yeah right what i'm pointing out here to fully accept this it is actually probably the most vulnerable mm. mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm. mm-hmm. trace yeah that, I think that's a really oh, powerful point yeah yeah trace you're a freaking amazing man i <laughs> I do. I, I, I honor you. Yeah, I honor you. You're welcome in our home anytime you want to come see Nashville. Um, but yeah, tell me about some of the things that you have going on. Uh, and, and if you're down for it, maybe we do have a point, a uh, part two around spiral dynamics. I think in Nashville, a lot of like people are just really starting getting to in on the it. no the enneagram train. Oh, the enneagram. Um, <laughs> when I talk about my astrologist in Nashville, it's like I have a third eye pointed yeah. right in the middle of my forehead. People get very scared when I talk about astrology. <laughs> but so spiral dynamics is out there. But I, I would love an, uh, another time with another conversation. We can talk about the role of spiral dynamics. And you've said it before, and I love that you said it because it's something that I have always felt. Mm. But the next revolution is a spiritual revolution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's coming, especially when we can look at the grand scheme of life right now and the the global scale. The one thing that we're all sharing is this massive. There's the literal death that's happening, but we're all experiencing this metaphorical death and new life. Uh, the prerequisite to stepping into the the resurrection life that Jesus spoke about, right, is to die. And so many of us on a global scale are experiencing this metaphorical mm. death. And I really do think it is ushering us into a spiritual revolution. Um, mm-hmm. And I know spiral dynamics plays a big role mm. in kind of understanding this. So if you're down for it, I would love to have that conversation at a later date. 
I would love to do that. Yeah, that, that, that would be so fun. This this was so fun. I, I feel like I've known you guys for like, <laughs> you know, certain people you meet, yeah, you feel yeah. like you kind of like yes. know them for, like you just start talking, you feel like you know them forever. Yes. Um, that's how, and I would I would love to, to come hang out with you guys the next time I'm in Nashville. Awesome. It'd be so fun. Trace, before we let you go, what are what do you have going on? I know you have Where some groups. Where can people find you? Um, and I know you have a, because I bought it, um, how to talk to your kids about spirituality. Mm-hmm. If you want to maybe describe that. And we'll have all of this linked in the description of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah, so I'll, on my on my website tracebell.com and that's bell with three L's, so T R A C E B E L L L dot com. You can find all the stuff I'm doing. I'm doing a, a course called Living the Spiral with my partner Tina, um, where we take people. It's a seven week course where we take people through spiral dynamics. Um, it's a ton of fun. Um, it's 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 approaching spiral dynamics in this really practical way. So it's, we call it Living the Spiral. Um, and we're doing choose your own price for that. So people choose okay. how much to pay at the end, um, which has been a really fun and co-creative experience. Um, that's that's really tr- changed my work in so many ways. Like mm. just being able to have that experience with people over seven weeks. Um, I Let's can't do even, that. I, I, I mean, I, I can't even, I, I would love to have you guys uh, join up. us. That would be so When's fun. the next one start? Um, we are running two courses right now. So the, the, the next course will probably start sometime in like late February, maybe okay, cool. like mid February, but I'll, I'll email you guys right away. Perfect. Um, and you can, on my website, you can sign up to be part of the email list where I email, um, people right away when those new groups are announced. I have my, how to talk to your kids about spirituality audio on my site where it's like an hour and a half, uh, talk where I just go into, um, how my, my whole, my whole kind of uh, talk on how to talk to your kids about spirituality and the way that my parents, what my parents did right and how they benefited me and all my thoughts on how to connect with kids um, on a spiritual level and how to parent from a more conscious place. Um, I have a meditation series uh, on my, on my website. I'm very, like I talked about, I'm very into meditation. I have a body meditation where it connects you to your body and, and connects you to the Amazing. present moment. Um, I have another uh, meditation on there. Um, that's called a what am I meditation. That's, that's really fun where it connects you to awareness. I'm really interested. I, I love talking about this stuff and I'm also really passionate about actually giving people experiences mm. of awareness. And, um, I think meditation is just, um, it's benefited my life so much and I'm really passionate about sharing meditation with people. Um, we, do, my partner and I do a class called head to heart, um, which is about living more from the heart, um, which is also on my site. Um, you can find all the, all the podcasts, all the Robcast episodes I've done with my dad, the awareness of awareness one, all on my site, um, the spiral dynamic series, all on my site. Um, so yeah, all of that's on my site, tracebell.com, T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. Amazing. Love it. Trace. Thank I love you. It. Taking all the notes. Thank you guys. This was um, this was such a this this was so fun. You guys asked amazing questions. Um, it was so fun uh, talking with you. Uh, it's just such a joy to to get to meet you. Same. Awesome. Looking forward to Same. part two. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.